Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. And now... Join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome, welcome, world. Welcome to an all new episode of Comedy Gold Mines, where we do what? What? What is the question? What do we do? Ha! We get into the minds of brilliant comedians. That's exactly what we do. And oh my God, what amazing minds they are. Today's mine. Today's mine. Today's mine. I'm excited to get into. You know why? Because I have no information. I have no information. I only have knowledge based on recent success. And I don't like that. I don't like it when I only know about the new. The new is easy. The new is what everybody knows. I like to get into the old. I like the story. That's what excites me. That's why I do this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, today, comedian, author, rising superstar. Yes, I said it. I stand on it. Patricia Williams, how you doing? You said call you Pat. Miss Pat. You said you don't like Patricia. <laughs> Miss Pat. It can be Pat. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, let's make sure that we start by giving you your flowers and your, your just due. Uh, congratulations on your new show. And I want to say hit show, you know, I want to say hit show. People are afraid to say things like that now because everything goes to streaming and streaming is different and people watch it in bulk. But the reason why I'm going to say a hit show is because you have somehow managed to take a platform, right? And, and present this platform with a raw edgy piece of material that represents a black household uh, to what, so many can see it and believe it to be. And, you know, this is something that was skipped over years. It was skipped over years. Like, you know, networks fought it. Nobody really wanted to do it. Nobody wanted to play in this space. And you guys are playing in a very edgy, edgy and raw space. And I love it. I love that you guys had the opportunity to do it. And I love that it showcases you and your talent. So I want to say congratulations to you and to the success of your new TV show. Thank you. That's how I want to start it off. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Let's get into the story of the show first and foremost. Where are you from? I'm from Atlanta. You're from Atlanta. From Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and comedy was your way of the world, from what I know. You are a comedian at heart, correct? Yeah, I've been doing it about 18, 20 years. About 18 years. 18, 20 years. Well, don't sound too excited about it. You don't sound too <laughs> too pumped up about that. I'm going to get you comfortable, by the way. You got no choice but to... I'm going to get you to a point where your shoulders drop. My fucking... Your, your shoulders are going to drop. You're going to go... You're going to be smiling. Your teeth are going to be popping. Like, it's going to get to a point where we're such in a flowy space in this conversation. 
Cause I like I like to get to know. So when you say 18, 19 years, well, let's say that with some excitement because 18, 19 years and getting to the place where you finally want to be, that's a big deal. Yeah. And finally, I mean, people are finally starting to take notice of my career. Uh, I mean, of what I've been doing for the last 18 years. I say that. Did you find yourself getting frustrated over the course of, let's just say, like, you know, that uh, that one through 10 or that one through 15? Were there ever any moments where it was a, a thought of fuck this? You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to keep doing this shit or I'm not going to keep putting my all into something and feeling like people aren't noticing. Did you ever reach that point? Yeah. You know, when I first got into it, I probably was four or five years in. And, you know, the things that you hear when you're young coming, the first thing I heard was, if you make it to Montreal, you're going to get a, you're going to get a manager. You're going to make it. That's what, that's the lies they tell all young comics. Mm -hmm. And the year I made new faces, nobody paid any fucking attention to me. What, what year? What year? What year did you make new <laughs> I faces? I think it was 2004, Oh, I think. okay. Okay. And um, I think that, uh, Donnie Glover was the hottest comedian that year. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> I went back to my hotel room and I just cried. And I was like, they said everybody was going to like me. Nobody paid any fucking attention to me. Why Why did you feel like it, it brought tears? I mean, like, did you feel like you felt like you bombed? Or are we talking about no, a I bombing thought I situation? Did but you know how when people say it, people used to have this thing about if you go to Montreal, you're going to make it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're a young comic, all you think about is making it. You really don't think about putting in the work that it takes to make it. Everybody just want to be famous when they start being a comedian. Absolutely. You know, you just want the money. You don't think about you really don't think about the work. And so, you know, I wasn't that good. I mean, I was doing what everybody else was doing. I wasn't doing half the shit I'm doing now. And so I got much wrong. And I thought I was going to blow the fuck up. Mm -hmm. And it didn't happen. Nobody even looked at my ass. So I was a little heartbroken. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, though, that, that the you now can look back at the you then and, and just realize uh, how unequipped you were? for success at the time, right? Because it's it's like when you are, when you're standing in those shoes and I speak passionately about this because I was there. I was, I was, I was myself a product of, I can't believe, why aren't they? I should be uh, at a time when I shouldn't have, right? At a time when I, when I wasn't ready. And Montreal, it actually was thrown to me early on and I had, I was, I was advised to turn the first one down. And, you know, it was a tough decision, but the people that advised me to do it, I respected so much. And they were like, you're not ready. You know, my, my, my friend's exact words was, you stink. <laughs> you're, you're, you're an awful comedian, is what he actually told me. He said, you're not ready. And, you know, when I hear you say they, you know, what people say in the conversation around it, you're absolutely right. Because there was a world where all success for comedians came from Montreal. Yeah. If you popped in Montreal, then life after was supposed to be great. So I can I can truly understand, you know, your your feeling when you say, damn, nobody paid attention to me. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What what was it that uh gave you, I guess you can say the the bounce back, the bounce back mindset after Montreal to feel like you still should stay true to the to the craft? Well, I, I uh, left Montreal. I mean, I'm a new comic. I'm, what, four years in? I just moved to Indiana. 
And um, I started to, I'm from Atlanta. So, you know, here in Atlanta, you got an urban scene and then you got a mainstream scene. When I moved to Indiana, it was just one scene. Mm-hmm. Comedian wasn't divided. So I had to learn how to perform, you know, comedy for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I got away from a lot of that you know, shit that you see go on in black clubs. <laughs> the, the, the owner at the white clubs was like, you're not bringing that fucking chicken shit up in here. And so I just, I, I, I was able to turn my set around. I was able to really focus on me and started to tell stories about my life. And it, and it started to work and people started to pay attention. And I started to realize that was, that that's really what made me unique. And that's what my neighbor, I mean, people always tell me, you got great stories. You know, why are you out here saying, you know, doing a typical girl shit. I suck dick. And I'm like, I don't even suck dick. I got vertigo. Oh. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I just had to just learn to turn my shit around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think people understand how funny that was. I don't suck dick. I got vertigo. That's very, that's a very good reason. You can't hold your head down when you got murdered. I can't have my head down like that. No, I can't. I'm not going to get back up. My whole day is trash if I do this. I can't do that. It's the rumor span. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you find you find that being yourself is is that's that's the road to the gold, right? Tapping into to you, the true you. Which is what's your discovery, which is a discovery for I would say most most if not all comedians right we 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 have to truly understand that hey fuck being who we are is what will really get us an audience it's what really will grow our following but we all are a representation of who we really are in the beginning we're all trying to do versions of what we've seen we're not we're not really being ourselves i remember you know for me it was jb smooth it was uh you know chris tucker with the high voice it was you know i was i was literally i was pulling from everybody that i knew that got a laugh i was trying to pull antics of of their personality of of their character on stage trying to be crazy physical because jb smooth just used to crush with physicality and i was like that's what i need to do this is what i gotta do i gotta figure out ways to be physical i gotta figure out ways to do things and you know it was when i really was like wait a minute it's me it's my stories it's my experience and that's what i have to roll into that's what i have to tap into um let's fast forward now let's 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 get past that that 10 12 year mark right was there a point where you felt it heating up uh, yeah, I ended up getting, I ended up landing a manager through my friend Roy Wood Jr. I know Roy. And, um, Roy Wood Jr. Great guy. By oh, way. I love Roy. Great guy. And, um, he, he had a, we had the same manager at the time and, uh, it took the guy two years to pick me up. And so I ended up on a show in Indiana called the Bob and Tom show. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're I know what that show that. is. Absolutely. And so, which switched my whole fucking audience to white people and, the manager took me on. He's like, how do you tell these crazy ass stories in front of these white people? I'm like, I'm just being me. And so he started to push me out there a lot and convince the club, hey, she's not an urban act. She's just fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And I stayed with him for about five years and stuff started to climb. And then I got a deal with Fox and I met Lee Daniel. And, you know, shit just started to happen. It, it still took a long time. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this sitcom I have now was five years in the working. I mean, I've been doing this 18 years and Netflix just gave me an hour. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it it happens when it's supposed to, though. 
it do. this path. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want you to I don't want you to look at it like, you know, God, man, it's it's 18 years and now finally, you know, shit is shit is now coming. Like it's it's coming when it's supposed to. Like, you know, what what we need and I say we because we're we're a frat, we're a fraternity, we're a group. And, you know, one success is all of our success. That's how I've always looked at comedy. I've never looked at it as a competitive sport or something that we should have this competitive nature in because the doors that you kick open, well, they are open for me. And the doors that I kick open are opening doors for you. And now when you talk about this show that you have, well, you broke you broke a fucking great a great mold, right? And I'm and I'm just gonna throw some names out to you, just for you to understand where I'm going with this. When I think when I think black women, and I think television, and I think sitcoms, right? And I think um, the world of trying to tell the story of our culture as good as we can, while being controlled in a way where you know we can't do much because the networks are. The network's ultimately in control. Whatever execs are behind it, whatever uh, hierarchy and producers are behind it. I think about Thea Vidal. Mm-hmm. I think about Monique, right? And I think about the level of success that these shows had. And I think about the time and the run that they had, right? And then when you look at it, you can you can say Brandy, and then you can say Eve, right? These are these are four four shows with four stars with four black women on them, right? And look at the run of these shows. Now, these shows weren't all on at the same time, right? It's it's almost as if, you know, with anything else with us, it, it, it comes far few and in between. And when we got one, we hold on to one, and that's going to be it, right? But now, now, Miss Pat comes, and Miss Pat kind of fucking rejuvenated the space and actually brought a fresh take to a world that we all are very familiar with. This isn't new. The black sitcom isn't new. No. It's not new. You didn't, this isn't a breaking ground new idea, but it's fresh because of the tone. Yeah. And I think your 18 years put you in position to have the correct tone and the correct voice that only AU could pull off. So on my podcast, I like to give the flowers. I like to fucking throw the 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 cinnamon and sugar and everything that I can where it should be. And in this case, it's to you. It's a fucking great opportunity. And then you're talking about your hour special. Well, come on now, Miss Pat. It looks like things are falling in line the way they're supposed to. This is how shit pops. I mean, I'm I'm happy. I mean, I I'm glad things didn't happen when when I thought they were supposed to happen. I'm a lot older. I'm a lot more mature. I can have them things, you know. I'm ready, you mm-hmm. know, finally. I, I feel like I'm a much better comedian now. I mean, you a lot of times you get stuff and I mean you see people who go out here and they build a fucking social media follower and can't even do 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I would hate to be that person. Mm-hmm. I would hate to let fans down. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm serious about comedy. So since I'm serious about comedy, I'm glad that I'm 18 years in and I know how to create the next hour after I burn this hour. I couldn't have did that two years ago. I couldn't have did that 10 years ago. So it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, when I I know how to deal with a network now, Mm -hmm. you know, I know how to sit down and I'm not scared to say no. I'm 49 years old Mm -hmm. and I've always told people, you can never give me as much as I can steal. 
So I'm not bending over backwards. <laughs> I used to fucking steal. What did you used to steal? What, what was your what was your <laughs> what was your stealing of choice back in your prom? Uh, other than selling crack, I mean, I, I was a really good check forger before black folks even knew how to write a damn check. <laughs> that was your that was your that was your pick of poison. That was my pick of poison. It was. I I did that for a while along with selling crack. Uh, I was a straight hustler. You know, you, you know, really I hear to... people say they were selling crack in a in a calm tone. I just want to just really just <laughs> make people aware of that I've never heard a person, I've never heard a person not aggressively say that they sold crack. I was selling crack. Like it's all, it's 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 always with a sense of anger behind it. Like you, like I'm looking for the one person that sold crack that can just present it to me calmly and not not scare me. You know, for once, just hey, yeah, you know, I sold crack for a little bit. Just, uh, just, just something like it swept under the rug. Like you punched it. You just punched it. <laughs> I sold crack. <laughs> oh shit, she, she's a fucking murderer. That's the first thing I said in my mind when you said it. Miss Pat kills nah. people. She definitely killed people. <laughs> I shot a few. Yeah, a I can few believe shot it. me too. I can a believe few it. Shot me too. Have you been shot? Uh huh. Jesus Christ, who the fuck am I talking to? <laughs> Jesus, did we did we scream, Miss Pat? Oh my uh, God! Who is bitch with a wig on? Oh my God! This is about to come back on me. Miss Pat gonna have whoever her enemies were coming after me. This is how it happened. Ain't got no goddamn enemies. I'm grown. This is the drug game right here. I'm in it. Oh my God! Am I in it? Did this just attach me to the? Oh my God! No, this is how it happened. I didn't attach you to shit. <laughs> <laughs> John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Uh, how proud is your family of you right now and where you are? My my husband and kids, I don't really fuck with my outside family. I'm going to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I say that in every interview. I don't got time for You can't change people. And, you know, I tell my fuckers, I don't love you like God do. Mm -hmm. uh, God love you unconditionally. I stab the fuck out you. 
but my immediate family that lives in the house with me, they're very proud. They're very proud. Now, give me give me the breakdown of this immediate family. I have a husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been married about twenty eight years. I have uh, four kids, and then I'm, I'm raising four. I'm raising my third set of crack babies, and I have three grandkids. <laughs> 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 but that's my last set. I don't fuck with no more crack babies after this. I told God, this is it. No more. No more. No more crack babies. I love I love the I love the level of real. And by the way, this is why I wanted to talk to you. I I said, you know, I want to talk to her because I don't I don't think it's an act. Oh. Right? Like I, I heard the tone of your voice and I heard the edge. There was a nice edge in it. There was a nice edge. And then I was like, I'm gonna see some stand-up shit with her. And I could I said, Oh, that's not an act. Oh, like no. this is this is who she is. And I said, This is exactly what you're saying. And how you're talking is what I really believe you would be. It's me. I, I swear to God, I, I vividly saw this. I didn't, I didn't know you shot nobody. I'm, I'm definitely gonna say I'm shocked about that. I don't want to sit up here and act like I'm comfortable with that because I'm not. And well, then, well, he shot me, so I shot him back. But it was a baby daddy, so okay. it's okay. Well, Jesus Christ! Well, that's well, the, the household <laughs> was just in shambles at that point anyway. And I don't even <laughs> want to know how you got to a standoff. Like, where was? I mean, are we talking? Are we talking about cover? Like, was one behind a table and uh, behind no. the fridge? We talking like just in the street. Pat, Pat. He was right. No, I shot him at a tie shop. Okay. I shot him in the ankle just so he so he could stay at home with me. But, you know, it just broke his ankle. Well, 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 Miss Pat, I'm just going to tell you something. I, I don't know if shooting a man ever is going to make him stay home with you. Just just I'm, if just for us to address facts, like if we can just just let's just address facts and hold on to them. I think personally me. If you were to shoot anybody, mm-hmm, maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna stay away from you. Maybe that's a good reason to go. I ain't fucking with her no more. You don't know the fuck you talking about, Kevin, because he came home with me. He did no come other home. bitch was gonna sell sign that cash for me. <laughs> that's it. That's he, I picked him up from the hospital, okay? <laughs> it was in 1988. I knew oh. what I was doing. Oh my god, you got to be that that's that's the scariest level. That's the scariest level of crazy. Crazy with love and and logic to me is the most frightening thing in the world. Like you you just logic like with logic. No, nah, I shot him, but I picked him up. I picked him up. But he the shot me too. And I, I can see you tell did you tell the hospital that? Don't y'all look at me crazy. He shot me too. Where did he shoot you at? He shot me in the back of the head. Well, god damn. <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did he shoot you? Where did he shoot you? His age God damn! That's what I don't know how to hold it. When somebody says something to me, I can't hold my dams. My dams are real. They're real. They're real and they're pungent. Where, where did he shoot you at? He he, he shot me in the back of the head. What flush? Uh, how do you go back? What? Well, how did you find the love back? Oh shit! He shoot you. He got a love. He didn't shoot the other bitches, so I was number one. <laughs> <laughs> I was young and fucking dumb. I was like, I'm number one. He didn't shoot you, bitches. <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, now, of course, with your past being is active and eventful. Look at that. That's how. That's how professional I've gotten. Look at that. I, I call that eventful. See okay. That? I didn't. I didn't say crazy and and a fucking uh, a bag full of fucked up. No, I say a, an eventful past is what you've had. Uh, moving forward now, you know, I feel like the road for you 
going back to stand up is about to be amazing. You know, we're we're talking about the the road with some story behind it now. We're talking about brighter lights. Um in a perfect world, give me give me the goal and want within touring. What what in the perfect world, what is your touring setting? Are we talking arenas? Are we talking theaters? Are we talking multiple shows at comedy clubs? What does Miss Pat want to see? Uh, <laughs> what level of name and lights do you want to see at this point? Uh, I'm going to say theaters. Right now, I would like to move over into theaters. I'm not going to say arenas because that's where you at. But right now, my next goal is just theaters. I would like to move into theaters. I don't know if I want to be in a circle like you and entertaining 20,000 people, but <laughs> the money is good. But hey, you know, that's work. Hey, it's that work. work. It's fucking work. That but right work. now, I'm going to take it a little step at a time. My, you know, I'm doing really well at clubs. So my next step would love, I'll, hopefully, I can just pop into theaters, you know, 1,000, 2,000 seaters. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the name and lights. I'm excited for the name and lights. I'm inside. I'm excited for the the growth in team uh, and and openers, just in the business of comedy for you. I'm excited for for you for that. You know, especially when you know that somebody's put that time in, and and you're talking about the 15 to 18 year timeline approaching that 20 years. It's it's a just do, and it and it does come. It does come around. You know, if you're if you're patient. You grind enough, it does come around. And I'm excited for you to see that side of it. You know, I still I still laugh at, at the fact that, you know, I've been able to see it and I've, you know, it's progressed and it's gotten to the fucking point of, oh my God. And and I'm still in disbelief. No matter what. I don't, really? I don't care. I never it never gets old. The the name and lights, the the support, it never gets old. You don't get jaded by it. It's a constant pinch on the arm. And the day that I stop pinching myself on the arm is the day that I'm going to stop doing it. Because that means it's, it's no longer a shock factor. It's no longer a wow to me. And, and if it becomes a, a, a shoulder shrug, then that means it's, it's, it's not serving the same purpose. Yeah, you're it's not, not having fun anymore. Yeah, it's not, it's not feeding the vein the way that it once was. And for any comic that, that has worked hard, I, I'm excited for them to see that shit. Because yeah. you don't believe it until you see it and you're about to see it it's going to come in steps and that bitch come fast i heard it comes fast I, it comes so fast i opened one i used to open for um it was on his last book well, dvd before for cat william catapopulous mm -hmm. i was one that's opening that and i walked mm -hmm. out there one time and it was like thirty thousand people and mm -hmm. the energy from there and i remember standing there that night and i was like this what the fuck i want Mm -hmm. I was like, this ain't mm -hmm. my or this ain't my crowd. But I remember standing on this stage. I was like, this is what the fuck I want. And that was probably about eight years ago. <laughs> and that was the That's first time my husband had ever saw me perform because he asked my husband to come see me perform. But I'll never forget that feeling of all those people screaming and I was like, I ain't gonna stop till I get this shit. And why not? Why? Why not? Why? Like that's I, I think you are absolutely correct in wanting that. I think that you are fucking your 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 thinking and your energy then matches your fucking space now. But I'm telling you, Miss Pat, it happens so fast. It happens so fast. And and 
you know, it's it's sometimes handled correctly, it's sometimes mishandled. And the crazy thing that I've talked about on this uh, on this podcast, you know, because I speak freely. Well, no, I don't. I say what I can. I'm I'm watched like a fucking hawk, so I don't I don't speak as free as I as you I, can as in I your could. house. Yes, as I can in my house. But there's so many things attached to me that prohibit me from speaking as free as I want. But what I will say and what I have said is that there's no handbook for this. It's not. There's no, there's no, you don't get a guide, right? There's no to do. Here's, here's what to do. It comes and you, and you go, holy shit. You go, holy shit. And it, the information, information that I can give you before it comes is, you know, A, taxes are real. Make sure that you always fucking have that in your head. Oh, okay, I pay my goddamn taxes. <laughs> I'm saying on that tour, I'm saying on that tour side, I've been. as the numbers come in, that's the, you said you've been to jail. I've been to jail. I've been to prison. You ain't locking me up for no fucking taxes. I, I've been that, on welfare listen, that's, too. I'm gonna pay. That's the taxes. biggest thing. <laughs> the biggest thing is those numbers come in. They get crazy. Always keep the business of your business in the back of your head, and and also those are your fucking fans. And if they with you, they are gonna be with you. That's the other information I can give you. Your fans are gonna be with you. If they're your fans. They're going to be with you. If they love you, they're going to love you. And when you know that and you feel that, you're, you're always performing with a purpose because you know you got some people that genuinely fuck with you. And what you said earlier, like, you know, you, know, you don't want to let your fans down. You were saying that uh, in the beginning of our discussion. Mm -hmm. That mindset, that attitude, just within your craft, just within your craft, that's special. That's, that's a special fucking thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I tried to write a new, I mean, a new hour at least every 15 months. I mean, because to me, if I give you the same shit, I feel like I'm cheating you. And I don't want to be cheated out of any fucking thing. So Absolutely. I work really hard. You know, I smile when people say, oh, my God, you came back. I saw you last time and everything is new because I'm serious about it. I mean, I wake up in the middle Absolutely. of life like most comics do and write shit down, you know. If I'm dreaming or something, most of my shit just come out of the house. You know, I got a gay daughter. I got fucking crazy shit running around the house. Shit always happen at my fucking house. Mm -hmm. I got a fat daughter that can't get no dick. I got all kinds of shit going around my house. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure. Because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show, because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Have you, have you got to the space where... Has, has your material bothered your family at all now that they're older and now that they're living? Have you had to have those conversations of it's too much or I don't like or what? Now, my gay daughter loves the shout outs because she, she's a hoe. So she want me to give her all the gay shout outs <laughs> I can. She loves it. She Before I go on stage, she be like, don't forget about me. It's Hell, ammunition. Yeah, she be like, don't it's forget ammunition about me. ammunition for her. Yeah, got it. But, um, got it. No, uh, not yet. I mean, I, you got to ask him, hey, what do you think about this? You know, 
What do you think about that? How old, how old are they? Give me. Give I have me a thirty-five-year-old daughter, a thirty-four-year-old mm-hmm. son. I have a is the, is the thirty-five-year-old daughter the gay daughter? She's the gay daughter. Okay. And I have a uh, thirty. I have a twenty-one and a twenty, twenty-two-year-old daughter. Twenty-one-year-old okay. son and a twenty-two-year-old son. Twenty-two-year-old okay. daughter and a twenty-one-year-old son. It's getting confusing. That's bad. Okay, I'm, no, I'm confused. Now you didn't put it all up. Okay, well, you didn't said seven ages. So no, I, I didn't. I said 34, now. 35, 22, and 21. Okay, all right. Now you said it, but then you got to say in the people. And four and okay. four Craig babies. Okay, all right. I got it. Now. Yeah, that's I what I have at the house. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, does the, the 21-year-old, nothing there? You don't get any... Any pushback or feedback? I get a little pushback. We call him Junebug. Mm-hmm. So his name is Junebug in the show, the character. Mm-hmm. And so I did an episode where he, uh, what a little boy called him, the N-word. Mm-hmm. And he got so mad. I don't let him, because he got a lot of white friends. I don't let my white friends call me the N-word. I, nigga, I said, yes, you do. Yes, you did. What the fuck are you talking about? And he was so mad. You got me looking like a lame. I said, you is a lame. You was a lame. So, you know, we had it out there. He was really made. So I can, I can, you know, my daughter's 16. So, well, actually, I can't even fuck. See, this is what I mean when I say I can't say certain things. I promised my daughter that I would not talk about her because she was like, Dad, sometimes, you know, the effect is or can be. And I said, you know what, honey, you're right. And she had a real, my daughter checks me a lot. My daughter is. My daughter is worse than my wife and my ex-wife when it comes to reprimanding me. And that's, and that's the truth. And then I will leave it there. That's why I don't get in trouble because she listens to every fucking thing I do. She's her father's biggest fan. That girl loves me more than, than a heart can, can fulfill. She, I'm everything. And that's my, that's my best friend, my rider. But when I tell you that little girl's hard on me, she hard on me. So I gotta like I have to make sure I watch what I say moving forward about my daughter. My twenty one my twenty two year old is very hard on me too. She's uh her name is Garyana, the one I say she can't she can't get no dick. <laughs> She's like, I'm tired of you telling people I'm a virgin. Cause I have a bit about it. I was like, You ain't using that pussy, give it to me. You know, mine dripping like a sixty four Chevy. <laughs> And she was like, it ain't funny. I'm like, but you ain't using your pussy. Give it to me. <laughs> Mine's is used as a fuck. I don't have four kids and two abortions. <laughs> and she's like, it ain't funny. I'm like, but you yeah. in the basement. So. <laughs> but it's the truth. That's the true nature. See, I don't, I don't believe in the, uh, I, I understand the conversation that's attached, you know, to bullying and and where it's wrong and and why um you know we should be mindful of what we're saying to other people and the damage that it can cause right i'm i'm i understand i agree but the world of what you're talking about in that household in that household with this type of energy in that household where your loved ones are saying the things that you know people won't in that back and forth and that war of words that's what for me for me for my audience out here that's what built my character yeah my dad talking to me the way that you're talking about my dad you know calling me out my name at a young age calling me all types of bitch all types of pussies my brother you know 
push pushing me, punching me in the fucking head, uh, you know, telling me I, I'm a bitch, I'm soft, like all of that stuff that I know we frown upon, and rightfully so. I'm telling you for where I'm from, for North Philadelphia, PA, 15th and Airy, from, from where it's real, I would not have made it as a man coming out of there with any sense of character and self-worth without without the constant verbal warfare from my loved ones. And I know it may sound backwards. I know to some they may not get it. I'm not saying in today's time it works. I'm saying for me then, my skin got thicker and tougher because of that environment. And hearing you talk, like your conversations with your daughter, like that's love. I mean, it's love. Yeah. And in today's time, sometimes it's misconstrued as, as it's not when it is. You know what? Me and my kids joke. So my son, mm-hmm. I, my son talk about me all the time. And that's, I think that's a good part with my kids. They got a sense of humor like me. And, you know, mm-hmm. my son be like, oh, I put your mama, I put your wig in a, a, a Pringle cup. And I'm like, bitch, you're, you, you're fucking uncircumcised. Your, your dick look like a, a biscuit. You be shooting out biscuits <laughs> in your girlfriend, you know. But I can say that. But he laughed and he come right back because he's not circumcised and he fought yeah. me for it. But I'm like, I went to prison and I missed your doctor appointment, you know, and your dick got a hoodie. <laughs> but we can't. <laughs> and he was like, why y'all talking about my dick? I said, but it do have a hoodie. You a grown ass nigga with a hoodie on your dick. And I was like. <laughs> that an uncircumcised dick got a hoodie on it. <laughs> it's got a hoodie. Jesus. Yeah. The destruction. But me, oh but God. all of my kids hit back. All of my kids, my daughter, my 21-year-old, all of us, they all hit me. Even my husband. See that? So I think that's why I can get away with a little bit of more stuff out of the house. You know, because if I say something, they're, they're tearing to my ass. You know, like they 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 join me and I join them too. Let me let me make sure that uh that my my listeners understand. When she says hit back, hit back means return a snap. You know, I got a very uh, a universal audience over here mm-hmm. this past. so I got to make sure that they, that they're clear <laughs> on what you're saying, right? You got millions of people listening to this. Hit back means they're snapping back fast, okay? And our culture, when I come at you, are you coming back ready? A hit back means, bitch, and don't bring it over here because it's coming back quick, okay? <laughs> That's what she means by that. That's She's saying in that household, them verbal, them verbal bangs are happening daily. And they're happy about it. That's that's what she meant by that. Gotta just clear it up for my Yeah. And you my, know, my, my kids go they, they hit me all the time, they be like, Daddy don't fuck you. I said, How you know? How you know your daddy don't fuck me? <laughs> they think cause we fat, we don't fuck. I'm like, <laughs> I tell my gay daughter, bitch, don't suck them cold dicks. But we say oh, that to God. Oh God. Oh my God. Oh my God! You got a lot of cold dicks. You keep oh. them in the dishwasher. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know the goddamn name, you will after this podcast. I'm talking to fucking Patricia Williams, aka Miss Pat, aka I've been in the game for 18, but it's my time now, aka I'm fucking ready for what's about to come, aka comedy clubs today, theaters tomorrow, bitch. Uh, I can go on and on. Such a such a great tone. Such a great fucking spirit and personality. This is this is why I do it. This is why I do the fucking show. Um, I gotta ask a couple more questions. A couple more questions before we wrap out. Um, first one, movies. 
Is it something that you want to do? Are you thinking about it, or or is it TV? And is TV like enough? Give me your give me your mindset in this space, and you know what the progression could be or not. Yeah, I want to do movies as soon as somebody call my ass. Yeah, you know Fox spent a lot of fucking money teaching me how to act. Why not fucking use it? You know, my husband yeah. just retired. He's retiring. Uh, my husband works at General Motors. So okay. uh, a few good things happened. So I said, come on, baby, you tired of breaking your fucking back. They don't, they, you don't tore your ACL, tore both your arm up and your eyeball about to fall out. So my husband is going to I'm trying to put my fucking husband back together, Kevin. Gentlemen. You put me... <laughs> Your husband's Mr. Potato Head. I get it. Pretty you much. Put it back together. I <laughs> yeah. get it. That's love. So, That's real love. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I would like to do movies when they start calling. I loved I like TV. It's my first sitcom. So I mean I'm also working on some things myself to develop. Uh I'm working on to sell. So I mean that's where I, I really like I really want to develop and sell things. So we'll see. You know. Wow. I will I will say this man uh you you really 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 have made me laugh. I really enjoyed you um on this on this podcast today. I will say when you're talking about developing put your pen to the pad the same way you write them jokes, you know, have your ideas, flush them out, put yourself in a position to share them. And the only thing that can ever be said is no, the world of discovery is great. When you got the mindset to just go after it. So from TV to more TV. Also, producing is real. I believe in sharing information. You don't have to star in every show. You got ideas and you're doing your show right now. You don't have time to start another one. You can develop a show to be sold and be behind the scenes and make your money behind the scenes. And you can continue to do that and then find yourself in a position where Miss Pat then got a production company and that production company is producing shows that people are enjoying while she's off making her shows and acting. It's a world of revolving revenue if you understand it. So You know what that sounds like? You, Go ahead. It sounds like when I used to sell dope and I would get a dope to the other people to sell and I stand out and watch for the police. Swear to God, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Swear to God, listen, you want to know the best thing about the world of drugs? The world of drugs? There's no separation outside of corporate structure, outside of illegal and legal. If you look at how a corporation is set up and how uh, titles are given, in the drug game of lieutenant, the sergeant, and all of that stuff, all of the people, your hand-to-hand, your workers, your, all of that stuff, well, it's, it's an org chart. It's an organization chart. And if you look at the corporate world, when it comes to running the company, you have an org chart. You got your CEO, you got your COO, you got your CFO, you got an org chart. Titles are given and people have responsibilities. So the same mindset that brought you success over there will bring you legal success over here. That's a fact. There's no difference. There's no difference outside of one you can do, one you can't. <laughs> but I'm talking about the <laughs> mindset to control. I swear to God, just spot on. It's the same exact thing. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, today I had the pleasure of getting into the mind of a, bri- a brilliant mind. Not just mine. A brilliant mind. And that mind was Patricia Goddamn Williams, a.k.a. Miss Pat. Uh, her show, her show premiered August 12th on BET+. Plus. If you have not seen it, I encourage you to please do yourself a favor and go see it. Raw, real, and it's her life. That's the beauty of it. I love seeing life bought to TV. She did an amazing job of doing that. And if you've learned nothing else from this podcast, you've learned that she's paid her dues. 
She's paid her dues. She's been in the game. And I swear to you, it always pays off 18 years in. And now putting herself in a position for the world to see. Uh, check out her show. Once again, Miss Pat, um, BT Plus, premiered August 12th. Do yourself a favor. Go goddamn watch it. Also, congrats to her. Netflix gave her a goddamn hour special. Recording that, I believe it's going down September 25th. Is that is that correct? Atlanta, Georgia. September 25th. September 25th, taping in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, everything is falling in line. Thank you so much for coming on Comedy Gold Mines. I appreciate you more than you know. I hope you had a good time. This was dope. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. Well, thank you for being had. And, uh, <laughs> you know, do me a favor, man. Keep keep yourself out of position to get shot or shoot again. Let's I'm, make that the I'm last I'm too old one. for that shit. I don't do yeah, that no yeah. We don't, we don't want you. <laughs> we don't want that no more. Thank you so much. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.